0: Welcome home, this is Audio EXP for the 4th of January 2020, and the title of this episode is The Most Successful RPGs of the Decade. Audio EXP is Geek Natives Highlight Show, so let's dig in. ICV2 is a company that collects and publishes data on geeky things, such as the RPG industry. They've just revealed that according to retailers in North America, the biggest selling RPGs in the last quarter are. D&D 5e, Pathfinder 2e, Shadowrun 6e, Vampire 5e, and Star Wars. I think if you had to guess what the biggest-selling RPGs of the last decade were, then you'd be hard-pressed to find a better list of candidates. I mean, before D&D 5 was launched, Pathfinder was the top seller, outpacing D&D 4 considerably. And Fantasy Flight Star Wars was published in June 2013, So it's had most of the decade to secure that 5th position. There's maybe one RPG that I might challenge for a top 5 position, and that's Call of Cthulhu. The 7th edition came out in 2014, and it's sold in part on DriveThruRPG, which makes it kinda hard for ICV2 to track. The Keeper's Rulebook is a platinum bestseller on DriveThruRPG, which puts it in the top 1% of all games. As it happens, Geek Native does have some drive-through RPG data, and we can go back 10 years. Well, kinda. What we can do is reveal of all the games published in 2010, which game sold the most. And then we can look at all the games released in 2011 and reveal which one sold the most. And we can do this all the way up to 2019. The best-selling game published in and of 2010 was The Dresden Files, by Evil Hat, the best-selling game published in 2011 was Vampire: The Masquerade, the 20th Anniversary Edition by White Wolf. The best-selling game published in 2012 was Shards of the Exalted Dream by Onyx Path Publishing. So yeah, just to be clear, that's the source book for the Exalted RPG. What about 2013? Uh, the title is taken by Shadowrun 5th edi- Edition, published by Catalyst Game Labs. Then, in 2014, the bestseller was Shadowrun Run and Gun, also by Catalyst Game Labs. That's another sourcebook. The title for 2015 was taken by Mage the Ascension, 20th Anniversary Edition, published by Onyx Path. Exalted 3rd Edition, also by Onyx Path, takes the bestseller position in 2016. In 2017, the bestselling game published that year was Star Trek Adventures we're getting close to the end of the decade now. In 2018, the best-selling game is also the first classical western fantasy to make the list. It's The Witcher pen and paper RPG by R. Taliesin Games and this year the 2019 best-seller title goes to another R. Taliesin Games success. It's a jumpstart kit for Cyberpunk Red. So do we have an answer for what the most successful RPGs of the decade are? I think the drive-through RPG data confirms that it would be hard to challenge D&D, Pathfinder, Shadowrun, Vampire or Star Wars. If you've caught up with the previous two Audio EXP episodes, then you will know we've been going through this year's bestsellers at drive-through RPG, genre by genre. I know we've kind of just done the grand reveal with a whole decade of winners, but we do have the top three generic RPGs and products. The sales data is there, and it's interesting. Quickly then, the best-selling generic RPG product published and sold this year at Drive-Through RPG is Monte Cook Games' Cipher System. That's followed by the Fate Accessibility Toolkit, and then the Savage Worlds World Builder and Game Master Guide by Pinnacle Entertainment. You will find links to all this data in the show notes. The exception is the ICV2 data, which is behind a paywall on their site. Yeah, that's a tricky one, isn't it? I support ICV2's right to monetize their site, even if they usually share the relative positions of the top five for free. As it happens, Nworld publishes a summary of the ICV2 data, and I trust them to get the balance of fair use right. So you'll find links to all third party RPG news mentioned in Geek Native in routinely itemized. RPGs number 28 this week. Right then, what else caught Reed's intention? Well, we had a guest post from the award-winning designer Joss Fox. He talked about how to play the traitor and still be our hero. The timing is not a coincidence. Fox's RPG studio has just launched a Kickstarter for Last Fleet. This is a high-tension sci-fi game which uses the Zodiac as character playbooks. I think it's alright to get Battlestar Galactica vibes from this. You have humanity's survivors fleeing through space, pursued by a relentless enemy. The Scorpio character type is a sleeper agent. They're working for the enemy. Last Fleet has a system which copes with the fact that there are spies on board, and the players know who it is. Curious to know more? We have a preview of the character playbook on the site, and we've now also got a summary to the Kickstarter. We also had a guest post from Charles Dunwoody, he takes Free League Publishing's Mutant Year Zero and walks new GMs through it, helping them cope with the combat and then setting up a basic scenario. It's kind of been a week of RPG advice, as Geek Native also kicked off an RPG blog carnival on random encounter tables. There's a group of RPG bloggers known as the RPG Blogger Alliance. Well, at its heart, it's a meeting point, a way to find people writing about similar stuff. And the carnivals are a theme in which people are welcome to write about on a given month, and which the host, that's GeekNet of this month, will then collect and publish a summary post about. So hopefully, we'll get some clever insights on things to do with random encounter tables by the end of the month. The approach I wrote about in the launch article was a dynamic system. I suggested that the traditional static encounter tables are a bit basic and can be a bit awkward. Instead, why not assign certain event types to values on a D6? One might be the weather, two might be animals, three might be a criminal encounter, etc. Of course, you can customise this to suit where your players are and your game world. Then... Roll a bunch of d6s and look for matching sets. Roll more d6s if your players are likely to encounter something. For example, if you roll 3d6 and get a pair of threes, that might be a mild criminal encounter. Perhaps a common pickpocketing attempt in the market square. Alternatively, if you rolled 5d6 and you get four ones, then that's a pretty unusual weather event. Maybe it could be red lightning in a storm that sends a city's priests into a flurry of distress, or which hits just when the local lord is trying to cross a dangerous ford. I think it was also a pretty good week for freebies, so let's quickly run through a summary. Palladium Books, for now at least, has a generous 60-page free download of the Garden of the Gorge sourcebook for their fantasy RPG. Inside you'll find rules for curses, blessings, returning forgotten gods and all sorts of mythology. I noticed that the Lizardman Diaries had produced another random generator. This time there are rules and buttons to press to create the insides of a spaceship complete with a battle map. Over on the GM Binder, there's a really good looking fan conversion for Dark Sun. Now, Dark Sun isn't to everyone's taste because it's set in a world without gods and where magic has destroyed the ecosystem and the result is a harsh desert in which metal and water are both more precious than any one person. It's very different. Dark Sun was an official setting for Advanced Dungeons & Dragons 2nd edition, and being the 4th edition. It was also the first campaign to ever have a meta plot straight out of the box. I think it's worth checking out. Over on the Home Brewery, there's an ongoing project to convert all the 4e books to 5e, and the Lost Vault series has now rescued some 1,400 four-for-different magic items. That's been a really popular story, and it tells me that fifth edition DMs are still plenty hungry for more magical goodies to give their players. Both GM Binder and Homebrewery are excellent resources, by the way. Both allow you to create a professional layout for your homebrew using Markdown text. You don't need to be an artist to make your D&D content look good. Hunters Entertainment are ramping up their free Content Friday offering in 2020. The first bundle of goodies from them includes freebies for the Kids on the Bike RPG, Icarus and Outbreak Undead. The Hunters are not the only ones trying to start 2020 strong. Over on the blog, I've created a new corrections page and written about improving transparency on the site. Hopefully this is all common sense stuff. I'm not a journalist. Mistakes are made. But when they are, they'll be corrected and that correction noted. Equally, the site tries to make money, or I mean reduce loss, through displaying ads and affiliate links. You cannot buy an editorial. You cannot bribe your way onto this podcast. As it's the start of the month, the Spotlight poll for February is open. Now this is an official way for you to influence topics on the site. If you're a patron supporter, then you can vote on this poll to help determine which RPG publisher gets written up in February. Lastly, before I sign off for another week, I want to tell you about the Yonti that applied to college. This is the true story. A man has admitted to believing that he was 18th 8th Yonti. He swears that it was a tribe name his parents used when discussing their Native American heritage. He, <laughs> therefore, put Yonti down on his college application. It was only last month that he discovered that Yonty was a fictional race. They're the D&D Snake Men. They're absolutely not a tribe of first people. Oops. That's a wrap for this week. Take care.